0: How do you do, ladies and gentlemen, and boys and girls? I am Julia Sumner-Miller. This is not a lecture in physics. I propose, rather, to show an array of demonstrations, dramatic and exciting, with the purpose of stirring your curiosity, arousing your enthusiasm, so that each one of these demonstrations will invite you irresistibly to see the beauty and the excitement that can be uncovered in these things.
1: i was pretty sure you live downtown. I
0: just assumed you live
2: downtown. <laughs> no. The king of the downtown doesn't live downtown. It's kind of like... Do people
1: kind of, know that? I don't. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you just it's, just lose credibility? Like, no, right no, now? no.
2: I've, I'm a south kid through and through. Through and through. I love the south Calgary, but
1: make, See, I make mom. my
2: money off uh, downtown Calgary, man. As so. soon as I left downtown, they were like, "You're out."
3: <laughs> oh, don't ever
2: come we
1: don't back Well no
3: back.
2: It's, it's not a big deal Because I come to them every day Because I'm working yeah. down there So I'm not and I'm never inviting anybody down to my house because I know I'll never get the,
1: Whatever, man. You live in fucking Okotoks. Yeah, yeah. Nobody comes to you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Even cool. You like Mackenzie's becoming more and more like like inner city yeah, as totally. the days, <laughs> as the years Absolutely. go that on. That was like
3: yeah. when that that ad by my parents' house, and it's like, you want to live inner city? I was yeah, like, man. I never considered Shaughnessy the inner city when I lived there.
2: <laughs> when I moved to Calgary, Shawanese was a field. Yeah, it was like, like know, oh, I yeah yeah. With the downtown shit, it's just really funny because we. my wife hates when we hang out downtown because it's like, hey, man, hey, man, hey, yeah. man, hey, man, hey, man, hey, man. And it gets fucking annoying. What do they say in the South? They don't know. Who's it's that guy? In, <laughs> anonymity. And then once in a fucking weird, once in a while, you'll be at Walmart on 130th or something. and just. I remember one time this kid was like,
0: whoa, what are you doing here?
2: And he was probably like 19, and I'm like, I'm buying some food for my kids. It's Walmart. <laughs> He's like, but you're the ship bingo guy. <laughs> I said, yeah. You can't I, be here. Yeah, I'm the ship bingo guy on Tuesday nights from fucking 8 till midnight. I got a life. It's just, it's just weird. I just never would have thought I would saw you. Did he get a selfie with you? No, fuck no. I was just like, go. I'm like, just go. Up. Lighten up Instagram. Kick rocks, I probably told him. <laughs> It's a good story. Yeah, I'm not really gracious to my <laughs> to people. Up. If anybody actually is, has a fandom towards me, I find it very weird, yeah. so I don't really care. I'm not I'm not looking up my Well, uh, I'm going to leave. This is really <laughs> awkward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Have you always lived in Calgary or did you move here at some point? What's what's your story? I moved
2: around a little bit when I was a child. And then I did some Saskatoon time till about 5 or 6 years old. And I like then how you I called uh,
1: Saskatoon time. Well, I don't really know cuz it doesn't count <laughs> some like time
2: I there. <laughs> Apparently I was told he like, has some right. you did right. some, <laughs> some vivid memories of being 3 in Saskatoon, right? But and then I moved to the bustling metropolis of Winnipeg, Manitoba.
1: Oh, nice. I, I spent some time there. Yeah.
2: Why is everyone in, from Winnipeg?
1: <laughs> well, I'm
2: not from Winnipeg.
3: <laughs> no, I no, lived no, every, in Winnipeg. Yeah, uh, there's
1: a very distinct Everyone distinct. we talked is
2: like, "Yeah, I I did some time in Winnipeg."
1: <laughs> yeah, time, <laughs> like prison time.
2: And then um, and then in f- when I was 15, right before I started high school, my old man got transferred to Calgary. Okay. And at the time, I was like, this is the worst thing ever. I don't want to leave. And then like a week later, I was like, this is the best thing ever. Because you don't, in a kid's eyes, you don't know that you're the town you live in sucks. Yeah. Until you go somewhere better. <laughs> yeah. But you were in Winnipeg. <laughs> well, no, but you don't, when you're 11, you're, there's a hockey rink down the street and your sure. friends are there. So yeah. who cares where you live, right? But Now you're 15, you don't have any friends. Yeah, you don't have any friends, but yeah. I have a transit system right. and a mall that's huge and <laughs> a record stores. You know, just like, oh my God, where am I? <laughs> and Chinooks, I was so blown away by
3: that. Yeah, the they, first they one. still blow me
1: away. Yeah, yeah they're like magnets. No. I don't quite understand them. Yeah, whoop, whoop.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you, you justified your like of the ICP to me. Oh yeah, I loved I love the ICP. <laughs> well, let's then. let's get
1: let's get back <laughs> okay. to that. Yeah, you can't just go from Winnipeg to ICP. Well, but probably same go place. hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Say, <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good segue. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Um, so you come here when you're 15, Have you already are you already big into music uh or is that Oh yeah, yeah. No, no,
2: no. Music was Music my old my, old, my folks listen to shitty 70s music. Yeah. But they always listen to it. So I was always around music
1: so like i was disco?
2: like boney m and okay. uh, and i don't know he loved my old man loved the eagles okay and shit. And like whatever it was just whatever Somebody's, he listened it was to. the time and then um <clears throat> then we moved to winnipeg and my next door neighbor was four years older than me and a legit banger and i was just like whoa this guy is fucking cool man <laughs> and he had Iron Maiden patches on his jean jacket. And he listened, He had the new Bon Jovi records and the new Twisted Sister records. And and then <clears throat> that was right around the MTV or Much Music era where hair metal like Van Halen and shit's just blowing up on TV. And I was just like soaking it all in. Yeah. And it was just metal, 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 metal. Yeah. Until about grade <clears throat> grade eight or nine. Really, I was dabbling into it. <clears throat> excuse me. I was dabbling into... Outside of metal, or more extreme metal and some punk, because I have this legendary cousin who grew up in Regina and lives here now, his name's Derek Petrovich. Look him up, he's the king of metal, and he's revered around the world of his metal knowledge. He's about (laughs) eight years older than me, and every time we'd have to go to Regina for Christmas, he'd be like, yo, come to my room, and he just pull up records and record shit for me and it's like I'm in grade four going to school listening to DRI dealing with it and right. I'm just like
3: I had an uncle that yeah. did the similar thing with me so I understand it yeah. Yeah. And,
2: and it's weird now because I have a daughter that's in grade five and I wouldn't let her go near fucking DRI <laughs> right right <laughs> but it was different times right yeah. or maybe my folks didn't know that shit existed right sure. I feel like that's a lot of it probably
3: too I don't yeah. think parents were as in tune with what's going on because like now it's bombarded, right? There's, yeah. There's every, it's everywhere, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah. So, like, a parent back then might have heard, like, oh,
2: Twisted Sister. Look at those guys. They dress like girls. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. listen to them. Those are fags. But you don't know my dad calling them fags, and it's like, okay, yeah. I don't care. It's, I want to rock,
3: you know?
1: Right. right,
3: But, like, they may never heard DRI. They're just like, oh, whenever. <laughs>
1: so you kinda, I didn't hear
2: that on the news. <laughs> look, well, the news, at the time, the news was they were being told to stay away from Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. yeah they right. Motley Crue records. Yeah. So, so those they are found the red flags. Yeah they, yeah, they if if your folks in 1984 found a Motley Crue record in your, they're like, "What the fuck, man? Get right. rid of this! Yeah. yeah, get rid of this!" And yeah. you're grounded forever. Yeah, and then and then about junior high rolled around, and that's when gangster rap hit, and we all got into that too yeah. because it was just the new bad thing to listen to. We were yeah. bad yeah. kids in Winnipeg. You had nothing else to do but break shit and light yeah. things on fire and listen to bad music. <laughs> that sounds about accurate. <laughs> and I remember my dad. <clears throat> reading this uh, Newsweek article on gangster rap and how bad it is and go see what your kids are listening to. <clears throat> and we outsmarted our parents. We always put, um, you'd make rap tapes, like uh, dub cassettes. And on side one, it was all the Young MC and Rob Bass and right. all, the, all the hits. Right. And then on side two was all the notorious gangster shit, right? Yeah. With the swears and the... And so they'd come in, what are you listening to? And we'd oh, put it on. And he'd listen to about five minutes of side one. He was like... This was stupid, and then he just leave, right? right? So it was ingenious. That's, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: That, that's funny because like I was just seeing
3: the other day that uh, it was I think it's been twenty years since Doggy Style came out. Yeah. And I remember I asked my mom for that tape because I could I went to H and V and they <laughs> wouldn't sell it to me because H and V had that I know, uh, the eight,
2: you had behind the counter eighteen yeah, year old. But like yeah, again yeah. yeah, same thing.
3: I'm probably we're probably similar <laughs> in age. Well, I would like, have been in
2: high school and when Doggy Style came out. So, I think so. I was in grade eight or nine. <laughs> or something like
3: that. But yeah, like. um it was dangerous, so, and I had grown up with metal and stuff, and I, so I was like, oh, gangster rap's dangerous. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I asked my mom to buy it, she bought it for me for Christmas, and I remember getting it for Christmas. And then, like, maybe a month later is when he got arrested from, like, a, for a murder, murder or whatever, yeah. and she's like, that's who you got me to buy a tape of? <laughs> I'm like, well, well yeah. you know. And then, I'm then like, murder with the case came out. Doggy, doggy style didn't... Uh, didn't really set off any uh, alarms, but murder. <laughs> Picture
2: well, of a guy, a dog in the back. It's really funny. As I <clears throat> even tell you guys the story, you don't realize how much I was a metal kid and then I became a punk rock kid. But through all this, the, the common backdrop of the stories, I listened to a lot of rap music.
1: Okay. Rap. So rap is the thread is what you're well, saying. I don't
2: know, but I think it's always funny. Because you're telling me stories and I'm like, oh shit, that reminds me of the time I got my mom to buy me LL Cool J bigger and Deffer. On cassette for in grade five for Christmas. Also had that happen for me too. And <laughs> and we were driving home from Regina and I it was my turn to put the cassette tape on and and you don't know, like in a grown up world is listening to that shit, it's crazy. It's all about singing about <clears throat> banging hookers and getting yeah. AIDS and like all this. Bristol shit,
3: Hotel. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right.
2: And I'm like driving it's and they like bigger and comes on. I'm bad, starts it off. It's the most legendary fucking hip hop song, if you ask me. And he drops a motherfucker bomb in it, and my parents are just like Whoa. They kinda of look at each other and then they kinda of chuckle it off. And then we're getting in we're getting deeper into this. They're like, My mom's just like, I don't want to listen to this anymore. But then they never took the tape away from me. Like right. see, I respect your that. tape yeah. Back. Yeah. That's how yeah, my par- that's how my parents were. Yeah, don't give it to me. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. But whatever. I bought it for you. Yeah. So. Pretty funny. And then the other one was uh, BC Boys' License to Ill. Sure. That was a huge record when it first came out. And uh, I remember bringing it to gym class because every week you'd take turns or every kid would get a turn to run laps to the music they wanted to listen to. And we put on License to Ill. And for weeks, it was like every kid would bring it in and we'd run laps. And then one day, the gym teacher had read an article on how... (laughs) Horrible the Beastie Boys are. <laughs> you cannot bring this filth in. And then we were all banned from having Beastie Boys records for a while and stuff. So and because of that, those little instances, you it made those bands better for you. You know, it's like, whoa, these Oh, for sure. This is the best. We don't want to listen to Bon Jovi anymore, because right. they listen to Bon Jovi. Right. So.
3: See, that's my argument on Guns N Roses. That's why I hate Guns N Roses. They were too clean, man. Every I don't know they they weren't really, but they were just too. Do you have an opinion
2: on this? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of g- agree with you in this. <clears throat> Fine. This is where Guns N' Roses and a, Motley Crue falls into this world too. In that era when those yeah. albums came out, that's when girls started listening to that shit. In my world, and there's nothing wrong with girls listening to music, but when you're in grade eight, you're listening to bad boy shit, and you're fucking getting, and then the, the girls that are all of a sudden wearing Guns N' Roses shirts and Motley Crue shirts, it's like. It's not as dangerous anymore, right. and it's kind of neutering it. And so it was just like, so when <clears throat> Welcome to the Jungle came out, it was like, fuck, this is the best. Buy the tape, eat it up. Next thing you know, <clears throat> Sweet Child of is the follow-up single, and it just like, wow. <laughs> and then the next follow-up single is Paradise City, which is even more of a douchebag. And you was like, they're playing it at our high sc- or junior high dances and stuff. Right. And it yeah. was just like. Yeah,
3: see, that's how I feel about it. So I liked Motley Crue. A lot, like the first two Motley Crue albums, I yeah. liked as a kid. You should they were, still like them. They're yeah, a I still people. do, and I can respect them more. But it, and I was like, oh, this is great. And then to me, Guns N' Roses just were like the simple plan of that like cock rock. Oh, stuff. absolutely. But so you're just like, for me, I was like, it wasn't like Dangerous. I think is the perfect thing. It's just like, <laughs> uh yeah, everyone likes this shit now. Yeah. It's not there's nothing cool about this anymore. And, and same with like Ozzy when he had like No More Tears and Mama I'm Coming Home. Nah, no nah, man, I'm I'm gonna
2: fight you on that one. But Ozzy's pretty bad. But I mean, Ozzy still has his back. Like, he just wrote some hits. That's all he did. But that was like ten albums after the fact. It wasn't like yeah, no, he, no, no, he I, got less dangerous. No, 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 I,
3: I I guess. But I mean, just for me, I was yeah. just like, and that's when I started going towards gangster rap or like, yeah. I, and then I progressed to punk for me anyway. Yeah, not Nate over there. He loves the Guns
2: and Roses.
1: They were do you bu- like they were bucket list? Yeah, eh? there's nothing
2: wrong. Like I'll put Appetite on once in a while and listen to it. Like yeah. Night Train is, like, and Mr. Brownstone. Those songs are masterpieces. Yeah, right? yeah. But like, if you listen to Use Your Illusions One and Use Your
1: Illusions Two, <laughs> nowadays, like that's sh- shit. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. So you're in Calgary. You're 15. You come here. Is you know uh, obviously you fall in line into. In, in into music you progress into yeah. music are, are there bands at the school you go to and, and well, is that something that's interested? interesting not really to you
2: uh, before I moved to Calgary in 1991 I just we just started getting into these punk rock worlds in Winnipeg and I, I had some friends that were deep into it <clears throat> and I finally got lucky enough to be invited to go see a show one night and I remember I went <clears throat> to this indoor soccer stadium when I was 15 years old, and I saw the band all play on the All Royce saves tour and as the first punk rock show I ever seen in my life, and
1: I was just like this It's a is... big name for the first show yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and
2: To this day they're my favorite band, so it's legit. It changed my fucking life And I was like this is where I need to be there's <clears throat> No one's cool here like nobody had all this is Like, I was, still am the biggest loser in the world. So to find something that you can feel safe at was the best thing in the world. So I was like, oh, cool. And so I started finding it on my own kind of thing. And then I moved to Calgary, and I had no friends here, which was super helpful. No, because you weren't... um, for about the first six months of living here, or the first six months in high school, I wasn't swayed by anybody else's influence because I had nobody to influence me. At the time, it was horrible. <laughs> but <clears throat> 25 years later, looking back on it or whatever, how long it's been, it was the best thing that happened because you just all you had was the records you went and bought it or the CDs you went and bought at HMV. and You spent a lot of time with that music because you had nothing else to do, right? <clears throat> so that's when... You'd buy all records, and you'd read the liner notes, and you, they'd thank other bands, and that was how pre-internet. That's how you found out of other bands. So you'd go buy their albums, and then they kind of blossomed into punk rock world.
1: So did you start? Did you ever start a band in in high school, or no did no you ever no. start a band <clears throat> in college, or you know, kind of post high school? Um, like when when does that kind of transition happen for you? Well,
2: I personally have no musical skill whatsoever. I don't. I don't have the patience for it, or never have. So I've never been good at it. I've tried many times, but
1: it's like you guys are the same person, yeah. you and Mike.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so then I got it. I I hooked up with a couple friends, in high school, and at the mid grade eleven point, we all started booking shows. At the Black Lounge, and that's when we really got into it. So we you go around and you. would ask field day and chicks day and all rights reserved and all that stuff we all those were all our buddies at the time we'd all put on shows and the very first show we ever put on or I was a part of <clears throat> it's a funny DRI story actually DRI was in town they'd played the night before at the Republic I believe and we had a show booked at the Black Lounge in the University all ages and DRI shows up and asks to play our fucking <laughs> gig and we're like what sure so word gets out that DRI is playing this punk rock show for all i just showed but DRI had showed up and then we only had a like a 12 channel board and they're like no no this isn't gonna work so they just pieced <laughs> but the word on the street o- only like, 12
1: channels that wasn't good enough it was
2: yeah it, it was hilarious at, at the time but it yeah. wasn't this isn't good enough it was just it was pretty obviously it was mickey mouse it was a bunch of 16 year old put on a show but yeah, yeah. And uh, they pieced, but word got out that DRI might be playing the show. So, like, hundreds of people showed up to our stupid show, and we made money, man. Right? Just, DRI playing? No. Nope. Oh, well, I'll go check out the bands anyway, right? right. And we thought that's how it's going to be all the time, because that's your first show, and you're like, holy crap. And by, like, show three, it was just like, I don't have any money to pay these guys. So it's just, there's a lesson learned. But then... Yeah, you dug into that world, and that's became us for a long time. So
1: instead of a friend or, like, a set of uh, bandmates, you had kind of a, a set of uh, guys that you put on shows with. Like yeah, absolutely, a, like a and they were all
2: in bands, too. So, <clears throat> so like, there was a, there was a bunch of high school bands that were all our friends, too. So 90% of them were all in a band that were p- putting on the show and bringing other bands in. So it was really... Um, it was a really cool. Calgary collective at the time. That's why the that's why the early to mid '90s are really revered in this town as a really important time because that's the culture was just everybody was in f- together on it.
1: So where where does the allure of being in a band come from? Then, like you know, you, it's it's a different trajectory I think than than most people that are in bands now and in, in their mid to late '30s. Um, where does the allure come from for you to kind of get into that? down the road?
2: Oh, I think I always wanted to do it. Um, I went to radio school and got some uh, confidence with your demeanor, your public speaking, your yourself, you know what I mean? And then found a couple people that were just like, hey, we're starting a band. I'm like, hey, can I be the funny guy in the front? They're like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, finally. Because I don't know, I think I would have done it when I was 14, but nobody wanted me to, so...
1: So, so, so that was it it was just something you always wanted to do and you finally got the balls to do it yeah or the opportunity to do it i think i already had the balls but just <laughs> you can you can't be the front man of your own band when you don't know how to <laughs> have a fucking right. band right <laughs> so, yeah it makes it a little difficult yeah, right yeah <laughs> just the one guy up there a cappella singing yeah and I, and I can't
2: sing either that's right. the the catch of it all i'm terrible at all of it i'm just a rock and roll swindle so So does
1: that kind of influence your music in terms of the style of music you guys play is you know not to say that you can't sing but you definitely bring a different style of vocal to the table than you know kind of the uh angelic you know voice absolutely man. you know it kind of has like a like an snfu or like a suicidal tendencies kind of feel to it was that intentional in Um, terms of how you guys write
2: well it's not really intentional. It's all the it's the only option we have. So if you want me in that oh band, God. that's kind of that's kind of what it's gonna be, right? <laughs> but beyond that, um, that's the music I resonate to, right? Like, like Milo can't sing, you know what I mean? And I love the Suicide Machines and SNFU forever. And they can't sing, you know what I mean? Like, they, there's melody and harmony and beautiful shit behind it, but not bon jovi man so. right
1: right so jsm that's that's the first and only band you've ever been no in. i used to perform at a band called the colin decker free fall for a while okay yeah that was a pretty fun little outfit how long were you doing that for shit we did that
2: for about five basically i don't know if you're hip to a band called belvedere they broke up and scott and Jay started a band called colin decker free fall and they got me to sing for them and then Belvedere pretty much got back together and then we stopped being that a band. It. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Belvedere tied up was the beginning
2: that. and the end of that yeah, band. Yeah, we yeah. were just, we, I was the just, break, I was their say. hobby. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was their project. So.
1: so, that was the first.
2: Yeah, we, we did a lot of cool shit. We played a lot of cool shows. So, but it wasn't, it was a neat learning experience. I got to learn how to <clears throat> be in a band with legit rock stars. <laughs> Take it or leave it i I'm not taking a shot at them at all, those guys have seen the world and played some huge ass shows, yeah, so for them to be slumming it at Vern's with me and for four other people watching, you know what I mean, it must have just been soul sucking for them, but I was like, this is so much fun, do do doo, so I never really you didn't, didn't see really, the bad <laughs> yeah i didn't see the bad when they were probably, so it it, <clears throat> it was never meant to be forever, right so,
1: right, yeah so jsm starts in what year uh 2013 and why settle on that name for people who don't know julius sumner miller is a children's show physicist is that fair Whoa, to say no. <laughs> that's what <House laughs> <of laughs> we do <Frankenstein, laughs> right that's what
2: yeah. we do i grew up on hilarious house of frankenstein yeah. and the professor was the the, the oddball character in that years before that we'd always because he had this uh, intro it was like ladies and gentlemen good evening ladies and gentlemen and others and we always thought that was once so we'd just go good evening ladies and gentlemen and others and then <clears throat> I became kind of a nerd for the actual show hilarious house of fright and stun for a while just when internet came around it was like oh man let's learn about that show that I loved when I was eight you know what I mean that was yeah. on that was on 20 times a day in syndication it was a Winnipeg. solid YTV show yeah and then, I don't know, we were just sitting around one day, and, and we are like, that's what we should name it. And they're like, that's funny. Huh? And then
1: here we are. So there's <laughs> no, like, special affection for for Julius Sumner Miller?
2: No, but then we – I don't know if you ever Googled him or read his wiki page. Like, have you seen the well, shit that he's to done?
1: To prepare for this interview, yeah, I Yeah, it's,
2: it's absolutely – that was what happened. And we were like, oh, like, you were watching old videos yeah. and watching – his physics stuff and all that. And then we you go and you learn about him. It's like, holy Christ, this guy is mondo super celebrity. And you don't even know it because you he's revered to us off a two-minute segment of a basic cable show out of hamilton ontario yeah that's that shows a, from hamilton yeah i didn't know that it's a blip out of I his i knew it was canada you know, i didn't right. even know that that's yeah. a blip on his wiki page it's not even like right. top 20 things he's done and right. it's just like right. crazy so it, was, <laughs> it became hilarious to us and then, right. and then it was cool because you could break it to jsm because i really like having bands that have names plus you can go to initials and it's it's almost, you can call yourself two different bands, you know what I mean? So, right, yeah. right. Yeah, and it worked out really well. We got a funny logo out of it, and we've got some funny traction off it, too. The first time we ever played Edmonton, <clears throat> we were opening for SNFU, and this guy came up, and he had every single character of Hilarious House of Frankenstein signed <laughs> tattooed on his fucking mind. Amazing. Body. And Amazing. he's like, the only reason I'm here is because I saw your name on the king poster, wow. and I loved it, and he bought a shirt, and I was just like... <laughs> the payoff happened so early in this band's career you know what I mean like that's sort that's something that would have happened like 10 years down the road or something like that and then he's bigger than Jesus in Australia right like have you read into that that's where he's from isn't it yeah
1: well he ended up there or something
2: like that and he was doing he does commercials like he was doing commercials and all this stuff and he's got a scholarship program about it and stuff like that but (laughs) <laughs> Two years ago, the uh, Australian Library Institute or whatever sends a tweet out and tags us, and they're like, "Did you know there's a Canadian punk band named after Professor <laughs> Julius
0: Sumner
1: Miller?" We're like,
2: "Yes, <laughs> it's so funny, man!"
1: <laughs> so, has it informed any of the songs? Like, just that show? <laughs> have you have you paid oh. homage to it in any of your well, your song? We have a
2: classic intro f- on both our albums, yeah, and then uh, the song "Heart Attack." Is just basically his wiki page, okay, written into lyrics, <laughs> and then the only—it's really funny. It's called "Heart Attack in '67," but we we got it wrong. It's he actually had his heart attack in '65,
1: <laughs> but it—that sounds it, about right. It worked better. <laughs> yeah, '67 <laughs> <laughs> sounds cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, '65 sounds made out. That good. sounds like you're rounding at that point. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we're cutting off the GST or the pennies. We got rid of the penny on that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: guys seem to be playing a lot of shows like not just in town so you guys have like you've gone and done puza now and you have you done it twice now or just
2: the one yeah time? twice yeah Do- twice like yeah. You've,
3: you've done quite a bit of touring for, well, when for the a touring ba- we go
2: we, we go on weekend johns once in a while and, the old yeah. man version of touring <laughs> yeah absolutely we get out there yeah it's fun yeah. when we go out it's we like the half an hour set is kind of like the only obligation we have we want to play it like it's the best but yeah we roll out, and it feels like a bachelor party every time we leave town. You know what I mean? It's just like, ah, let's get drunk and figure out where we're going to stay, and right. who cares? And we're having so much fun before, during, and after the set. We become infectious to the crowd, and we really go over to people. And by the end of the night, <clears throat> 20 people you've never met before are partying with you and buying all your shit and having the best time. And That's great. I think more bands should do that.
3: So. Yeah, that's what I mean, that's what... It's about especially at this age because you really do realize you're not going to make money off yeah. it, so yeah. you got to have fun doing it.
2: And in the process, because we're having so much fun, we're actually really entertaining too, right? So even if you don't dig the tunes, if you're watching us play, you're like, "This is awesome"
1: because it's hilarious and they're having fun. And what's the favorite show you've played so far, uh, band-wise? You know that you've got to to open up for support. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe you have a, a story about an interaction. Well, we've played with
2: SNFU a bunch of times. Yeah, and I, my old band played with SNFU a bunch of times too. So there's, there's always hijinks with that band. Like, still, hey. it's not even them. Really, it's just the aura of SNFU. Yeah. So, um, we played with them in Medicine Hat, and we went over like gangbusters. It was really crazy. I've, I remember sold so many CDs in a room before, but. I had to go back to the car to get more CDs. Like, what a weird problem to have in 2016,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> Excuse just, me, sir, do you, did you have any more useless pieces yeah, of plastic? Right.
2: <laughs> and it's so funny. Yes, <laughs> I do. Well, and then I was walking back to the, into the venue with a stack of CDs, and I sold three just walking back. And it was just, everybody was just like, this is the best. Wow. But um, the crowd is so fucking old for SNFU shows now. Uh, and Rich had just joined the band, our guitar player. And he made a Tinder joke, and it just hit like a lead balloon, man. And I told him, I'm like, you can't make Tinder jokes in an SNFU show. These guys don't even have the fucking internet, man. And, and that got laughs. And it's just funny how we play off each other. But the t- our timing and co- our comedy on that level, too, is really... Next level. I nobody else can pull that shit off, and we're yeah. doing that in between songs, and it's just funny. You know I was gonna I mean? say the
3: few times that I've seen you, the comedy level of your guys' shows is pretty funny. Like, yeah. you guys have a pretty good shtick with that kind of stuff. Is it planned or is it like <clears throat> it just off the off the cuff kind of it's, stuff?
2: It's just us. Yeah, like that's who we are in real life. So, it's funny jokes. We're there to have fun. Yeah, and if we're not making each other laugh, <clears throat> like who cares, right? We always we always laugh about. By about the first three or four songs we'll play, we would be like, all right, we're four for four. Fuck, we're awesome. <laughs> and it's so funny because there's people like, these guys are so fucking arrogant. Fuck. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude. Like, that, was, that was an awesome song.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, speaking about, you know, like the fun you guys have on stage, there was this, and tell me if I'm wrong, that there was this uh, theater sports kind of element to your your band at one point no
2: we still do that we still do that once in a while okay so just
1: set the scene for those who haven't seen you well we just uh we
2: have a 30 second bed track basically laid down right (laughs) and i'll just be like hey what do you want to hear a song about and and it just it come we come across like we're just writing this song on the spot for people and i'll just um and i'll put the mic down and somebody will yell out something stupid and we'll instantly write this (laughs) i'll sing the song about that and it's
1: like, where does that come from? Where does that idea come from? Um, Is that something that, you know, evolved out of the jam space? No, no, that's totally a me thing, for
2: sure. Yeah. Because I think it's funny. Like, I think it's it's like, it's very lounge singing. singer sort of-esque, yeah, right? But it's a short, sp- <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a two-hour bit. It's 45 seconds. But what I've seen, I've seen a lot of bands, I've watched a lot of bands over the years, and a lot of bands bore me just because they're just playing their song. Right. There's nothing else to it. So <clears throat> when everybody's tuning up or whatever, hey, guys, you know, it's just a it's a break in the action, and it's funny, and sometimes somebody will yell, kumquat, and then there you go, you have a 30-second song about kumquats or... And then other song at times, it's like some some knucklehead will be like,
0: Fucking fuck you. It's like, all right, well, this song's about fucking me. Okay, you know.
1: I, the pause in there, that's yeah. what sold yeah. that for yeah. me right there. I want to hear I that. I can see that guy's face. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can we hear that song? <laughs>
2: no, that was it. We were open for face to face at Mack Hall Ballroom. And it was packed. There was like, it was fucking like 600 people there. It was an amazing show. And that was our first big show ever, right? And it was just crazy. And I'm like, what do you want to hear a song about? And the guy goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, 600 fucking people in this room, face-to-face, I gave you quality mic time, and that's all you can fucking come up with? All right, here's your song, dude.
1: So, I mean, obviously you don't take the song super serious, but on some level, I mean, you've got to come up with lyrics right there on the spot, right? Oh, yeah, you just... <clears throat>
2: It's all in place. You just uh, say dumb things like, "Something is awesome." Something is awesome. If you can't think of anything, right? But then we've next leveled it. Now we wrote a new song, and it's called "Complimentary Tourettes," and it's super fucking funny because it's just about really. It's a it's a positive song about positivity. And I'll go out there and I'll be like, and I'll go around to the whole crowd before we start, and I'll be like, "Hey, you're great. You're cool. Awesome." You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. compliment everybody in the crowd. And I'm like, all right, here's our new song called Complimentary Tourette's. And it just fucking, it's a banger. And it's like, complimentary Tourette's. And then Rich, (laughs) in Tourette mode, just does compliments. Cool, cool, awesome, rad, (laughs) rad, (laughs) rad. And that's the chorus. But the verse, I kind of wrote it, but I've never kept it in place. Because I want, I have two verses open for people that are here. And I'll be like, hey there, man. You got a good too I bet you're good at math. And I'm actually singing to this person, complimenting them while I'm talking about their <laughs> attire. So they're just like, it's like, it's like punk rock freestyle rapping, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's funny because there's a place to start, middle and end where you need to go with it. Right. And if it doesn't rhyme, it's cool. If it doesn't make any sense, it's cool. It's still funny because that guy's like, he's actually singing about me right now. Right. And then that forms a connection that you can't get any other way, right? And then that guy
1: will come up to you after and be like, that was the best show, you know? So. so do any of these tracks, I mean, again, you know, like I get that it's 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 fun, it's interacting with the audience, but do any of these things become songs or any of your songs? Oh, yeah.
2: They all become songs except for the theater sport thing. That's the pro- That's why I don't want to um, write the lyrics properly to compliment your Tourette's right now because... The second you put them on record, the shtick is gone. The shtick's gone. So right. it just becomes
1: a song at that point. So right, right now
2: I'm going to ride the wave of hilarity until it becomes not just a
1: song. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like, I, I've, never, I've never heard of that before. And I think it's a really... It's a great idea. It's a smart way of, like, engaging the audience. Yeah, look, well, <clears throat> to dumb it all down,
2: I wanna be in, I've always wanted to be in a band that I would want to watch and I, and i've totally done it now like yeah i would watch this band and i'd be like that was fucking awesome and it's not in a in a braggadocious egotistical way it was like that was fucking fun and holy shit did they rip that's all i want out of it right
1: yeah i mean you talk about how much fun this band is but i mean at some point when you're writing two albums back to back yeah like there's a job in there yeah we got right? six
2: songs we're going to our new third one already like so. that's crazy yeah. like
1: yeah i mean so what's that balance of you know like everybody's having fun everybody's coming out on a friday night and hanging out but on some level this is real like yeah, we want to well, play shows
2: show we we started jamming consistently every monday okay and Rich joined the band, and he's a really fucking good riff writer, right? So because of that consistency, we don't like to jam our old songs again unless we have a show coming up, all right, let's do the set list. It's every time we don't have a show coming up, it's like, let's write something new. And it's always, it's exactly how you would think it would be in the writing. We'll be outside having a beer or smoke at a break. And somebody will say something funny, and we'll be like, let's write a song about that right now. And we'll go up there, and in 45 minutes, we will have the full skeleton built of the hilarity that's going to ensue, or the awesomeness that ensues. And it's,
1: so does everyone contribute to the oh, lyrics? Yeah. No,
2: no, the lyrics are mo- that's mostly... That's all you? Not all me. Like, If somebody has a hilarious idea, I'm not... <laughs> it's like, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, yeah. this
1: is my Ooh, job.
2: No, I love it. I love okay. when they bring that stuff to the table, because it's more fun for me, too. Right? Sure, sure. But everybody, <clears throat> everybodys it's just, it's the most 25, 20, or 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20% a band has ever been, like,
1: so you've already got six. Is it safe five, to say, oh, five, sorry, so five. No, no, no. Is it safe to say there's another one for 2018? Yeah, then? that's a plan.
2: I want to do. I really want to do one record till the day I die, or wow, till I can't wow. do it anymore. <laughs> Why not?
3: We can. We can't even make a podcast a month. It's fucking punk rock, man. <laughs>
2: True enough. It's punk rock. It's <laughs> not, not the complex. hardest thing in the world. And it also helps that I have four really fucking good musicians in that band. So right. that's nothing to sniff at. It's amazing. So. And we'll go a couple of weeks without doing anything. And then we'll just, last week we jammed and we got two new ones. There's fuck yeah. And we record them on our phones. And it sounds shitty, but you rem- it's enough to remember it.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Like the last record, we only had three songs written before we booked studio time. <laughs> and we had. That's, that's some confidence. We had, we, had to, we came up, we wrote seven songs in two months just wow. to make the fucking studio. Just to do it. Yeah. So there's not a lot of B-sides is what you're saying. Oh, nothing but hits. <laughs> oh,
3: it's all killer.
2: <laughs> Any no, other plan? It's the way it should be. It's t- they're punk rock records. They should be 20 minutes long. Funk rock rec- sure. it's, it's punk rock records. Sure. Punk rock sets should be a half an hour. Punk rock records should be 20 minutes. That's, that's, that's a lot of be. rules for punk rock. Oh, isn't punk rock totally built on rules? Isn't that...
1: Yes. I follow all the rules. <laughs> there is so many rules in punk rock, man. <laughs> um, so to cap it all off, um, our show's based around top fives
3: since you grew up putting on shows here five local bands you really
2: like or five local bands now that you really like uh the Adavans are not on the list um the, the there were just some rad bands all hands on jane do you listen to that band no, no just, uh, you four girls about- four girls stoner rock and they fucking slay and they promote the fuck out of their shows and they bring a- lot of people. I really evaluate bands on how hard they work and how many people they show up with. And there's there's bands like, that are no brainers. Like if you book like, I know it's all indie rock and stuff, but if you book like the Ashley Hundred or Wendigo,
0: mm-hmm. they pack I don't have place. anything
2: against it. Indie no. rock,
3: I just sort of, it's just that that's sort of the, yeah, the but, hip thing in the town.
2: But the, but the hip thing's really working for those guys, yeah. right? And it's it's super cool. There's um, Who else am I really digging right now? solid brown you ever see that band before it's tyler nope. from chick's dig a drummer and another drummer two drum kits on the stage at the same time and two bass players wow change your life man it's really good It's a lot of
1: bass that's a lot of no, low end and
2: then they play uh projection movies behind them and it's kind of all synced so it's actual uh an experience um there's cool bands like uh there's the no-brainer bands like Napom pom is hands down the best band in this city i think they're actually they're really yeah, good like they get it they're Rock stars, and it's on the on the on the truest of positive term of that. And the pom pom, high kicks are amazing. Kron uh, Goblin, all the standard stuff. Those guys know how to party. They know how to entertain. All their shows are awesome and well intended. So, yeah. that's a list of five. Yeah, you did it.
1: Thanks for doing this, Darren. Hey, no worries. Did we
3: even get Darren to introduce himself? Or You just went right in. Yeah, he did. Because I always do that.
1: Yeah. Have you listened to
2: any of the interviews? Um, <laughs> I'm here. I don't need to listen to it. <laughs> High five podcast. My name is not Billy Dixon. <laughs>